Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast, we're talking about the sport world and how parents should view the sports world. But more than just that, the fight and the struggle between what's more important in someone's life, sports or the church. Fuller, are you ready? Let's get ready to podcast! Thank you for joining us at Real Talk Christian, a place where real Christians talk about real issues impacting the community and the world as it pertains to Christians. Now here are your hosts, Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. What's going on, Mark? We're back for another episode. Welcome back. I mean, it's round two for us tonight, but it's not round two, which I don't think most people know us. We record a couple couple episodes Every time each we time together. we sit. Yeah. And we get together at least once a week to podcast. At least once a week, except when, you know, Janiel's popping out a baby. Well, yeah, but whatever. Janiel, why'd you pop out a baby? That was the last one. Why'd you pop out a baby, Janiel? But either way, man, so we are back. We're drinking the same coffee as last episode. So if you didn't hear that one, go back and listen to it then. I don't want to re-say everything that I said. <laughs> it's good coffee. It's good. It's fair trade. It's Well, it I'm free. drinking coffee and then... I'm drinking apple juice out of my mug, bro. I, I am drinking apple juice. I really juice. thought you were going to get a sippy cup. I mean, I was really hoping. I do have a lot of those. Dude, I got a <laughs> Mickey Mouse one that's pretty dope. What? I got a Mickey Mouse sip. But no, I am drinking apple juice because I've had... Well, and a lot of coffee today. It's already. like almost eight thirty at night, and it's already past my go bedtime. Got to go sleep. It's it's past my bedtime, but but either way, for today's episode of Real Talk Christian Podcast, we're talking about something that honestly is something uh, most people might not realize this, but this is actually something that in the youth pastor world is complained about twenty four seven, and it's the um, you youth pastors the, the 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 love is that the right word? Basically, the the for lack of better word. Youth sports taking over the completely uh, social fiber and fabric of, of, of America for the, for the most part. Right. So before we jump in, though, I got a fun question for you, though, Chris. Let's hear it. Were you athletic back in the day? Oh, dude, I was like the most athletic. I was probably. What does that mean? I mean, like, <laughs> so I used Did to. Did you play sports back in the day? Oh, yeah. Lots of them. I don't think I knew that. So I, <laughs> so I would I really play. No. I would play. Uh, Softball in the summer, or it's not softball, baseball. Softball, Who baseball. Base, I was thinking Bro. of church softball. Church now. softball. Yep. But baseball in the summer. Yep. Football in the fall, mm-hmm. and soccer in the spring. Those were my three main you, sports. You, you forgot a season there. You I forgot winter. That was my rest season. <laughs> Recoup for my injuries. Oh, dude, I played. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big sports yep. nut too. Like, did you did you play in college? No, no, nope. I never played. Uh, never played in college. Uh, I played. Um, in a baseball league that uh, you could play up to your 20. Um, it's Babe Ruth League. Oh, Babe Niles. Ruth, yes. Yeah. So I played up in there for a long time and then uh, played football for a while. And then soccer, I played through high school, and then I stopped playing after that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I was physically fit. You were physically fit back in the I day. I was, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. Of, uh, I was about 110 pounds less than what I weigh now. Back then. Back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's no shock, people who know me. I'm a sports nut. I really am. Now, but I'm a sports nut who don't re- – I, I don't really watch sports. I really don't. You you enjoy – I enjoy playing them. Doing them. Yeah. I, like, I'll, I'll watch soccer, 
and I keep up with the stats, I only, and I keep up with I the I only watch Manchester United every once in a while. Oh, see, I'm Celtic FC and the That's Scottish national you. team and the U.S. national team. But I watched Notre Dame football. That's about yeah, it. Yeah. I don't watch pro football. I don't watch – well, I watch March Madness. I watch some college basketball. I enjoy basketball. But, yeah, I've, I mean – I've never gotten into basketball. I love sports so much. I don't know if you knew this or not, but, I mean – most people who know me know I played soccer in college for that one year, but there was no scholarships at our school, so I right. quit because I had to get a job. Um, but I actually studied sports. Like, my degree was sport ministries. No so way. So I've taken everything from that. sports uh, medicine, sports biomechanic, kinesiology, sports law. Uh, I've taken – that was a fun class. I've taken sports management, all the various coaching huh. classes. There's one called Sports and Society. And how literally sports has revolutionized how Americans and how people interact with each other. Um, so why don't we have more sports teams at church? You got all these skills. Because I don't want to coordinate I, it. I want to. I want to tap into these. Skills. I did. Okay. Here's actually here's something that most people don't know, and you're gonna learn something here today. All right. So I've already learned about your what you went and studied. I, I didn't know that. So a, a few months before I put in my youth pastor resume at Southside. I, I, maybe was this? It wasn't a full year. We're talking maybe like four months. I put a resume in at Southside, just mm-hmm. out of the blue, to be a like a outreach and sports director. So I applied to Southside twice, and they said no. <laughs> well, no, it was Thanks, the fact Scott. of I, I don't I, I don't even think I got an email. I mean, I maybe got one back from from Stephanie. I don't remember, but I I put in I put a resume in, and they weren't even looking for it. I was just texting them or. Sorry, not texting, emailing them to random places. So I applied to Southside to be their sports director, right? Um, because back then sports was what everyone thought the church was going towards. But now they're they're actually not. It's hard to compete with that because travel league is is going like crazy, <sighs> man. But either way, so sports is something that's that's big and near and dire to my heart. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm a youth pastor now. Who mm-hmm. I will I'll I'll be getting up tomorrow at five a.m. to play basketball. So there's how I much I like basketball, but. Um, I'm a youth pastor. Most of my kids play sports, and we intentionally design our schedule around the sports schedule. Hmm. We don't do a lot of things on Friday nights because of football and and basketball. We don't do Wednesday night youth group because of sports practice. Our main night is Sunday night because there is no sports practice happening. So even the way we design our church schedule is around the sports culture that 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 we're a part of. Right. And I don't think it's it's you got to be an idiot or live under a rock to not realize that sports is what most people put all their time oh, and money into. It's huge in the in the United States. I mean, absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. I mean, like I was actually looking up statistics cuz you know me <laughs> I love my statistics. Um one study said that in 2008 2008, so this was 8 years ago. 68% of girls and 75% of boys play some sort of organized sports. And then in 2013, ESPN came out with a finding that over 2.1 million kids between the ages of 6 and 18 play a team sport. But the interesting 2. thing... 2.1 or 21? Uh, oh, sorry, uh, 21.5 million. Sorry, not 2. 21. That's what 5. I thought you had said. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably did. But 21.5 million kids play a team sport. Wow. But what is interesting, though, is as... Time goes on, more and more kids are starting to be specialized in sports by the age of six. Six or seven, kids start individually training for individual sports. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, like you you listed off three sports for your season. And for me, it was um, soccer in the fall, indoor soccer in the spring, basketball in the winter, and then baseball in the summer. You're busy as I was. <laughs> I was, and that's it. But, but we all played different sports. But right. nowadays, studies are finding that kids are actually 
honing in on one specific sport, whether it's I play hockey, I play basketball. The, the big one right now is baseball. Right. Um, and there is a trend going towards getting rid of community leagues mm-hmm. and going towards solely travel leagues. In fact, Little League in the last 10 years has lost 20% of their total enrollment across the nation. Which wow. doesn't seem like a big idea if it's a little that's, league, no, but there's a lot. there's millions of kids who used to play little league baseball, and if it's right. let's just say for kicks and giggles, one million kids, well, twenty percent, that's two hundred thousand kids. That's all. That's that a lot. don't play in the. Right. And they still play baseball, but not well, in even not out of a thousand, league. it's two hundred kids. I mean, that's exactly that's exactly. Cool. And so when when you read all these stats and read all these statistics, a lot of uh, churches and a lot of youth pastors, a lot of pastors have actually declared war on the sport culture. Hmm. Um, the, the, the church that we're a part of has never declared war on the sports culture because are we, are we doing that now? Oh, I'm just kidding. Like right now, let's, <laughs> let's play. Let's go right now. <laughs> I mean, pastor Scott's a huge Clemson and he's a big Ugh. Pittsburgh Steeler fan. He's a, everybody uh, has their sins. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pastor. Hail, hail Notre Dame. Um, obviously <laughs> I thought about Notre Dame. So doesn't know what a sport is. Um, he's a theology nerd, <laughs> but all of Scott's kids play sports right. competitively. Um, very, very competitive. I studied Shoot. sports. For Even a Scott living. gets out on the softball field every once in a while himself. He loves it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, like so, sports is something that's so ingrained in our church culture that it's not really a big issue in a lot of places right. for for our church specifically. But I think our church handles things very well when it comes to that. But a lot of pastors, I've, I was actually reading through pastors' tweets, pastors' articles, all these various different things, and not shaming. Uh, not shaming the sports culture, but shaming parents. And now the war is on parents who are choosing to supposedly put their kids' sports careers over their spiritual careers. So so the conversation that I kind of think would be good for us to have today is more the fact of how should the church handle sports? How should we as parents handle the sport culture? And maybe even us teens who, who play sports, how do we do all of these various various things and actually talk about this perceived issue that is, is sports actually making people walk away from their faith? Right. So let me ask you the question first, even though this is kind of my, my favorite thing. Well, I'm, I might play devil's advocate. You're going to play devil's advocate? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't That's, decided. It depends you, on what you say. You, you, you might find out. So I want to ask you this question to start off, Fuller. All right. Do you think sports in a kid's life is bad or good and why? Yes and yes. Huh? <laughs> yes and yes. Yes and yes. Okay. You said, uh, do you think it's, it's good? Is, good is, it, is, it, is it bad good? or good or right. good or bad? Right. I'm going to say yes and yes. What do you mean? I think for... Tell me what you think, Fuller. Tell I, me what you think. <laughs> my opinion is for the, the parents who make their kids do sports, push their kids to do sports, make them practice all the time, those really fanatical oh, yeah. extremist parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to condemn all parents that do sports with their kids. I'm just going to say the fanatical ones. Um, I think it's bad for the child. I think they're being forced to do something that they may not want to do, um, and they miss out on their childhood, kind of. Mm. Um, But I also think it's good. I think sports are good for... um, It it teaches teamwork. Um, It should teach how to accept defeat in a graceful manner. <laughs> if, if, if you have the right coaches. Or if you're not in a league where everyone wins. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like I, well yeah. I like those leagues up to a point. When when they're little kids. Yeah. Maybe maybe through so, I would say third grade. Three or oh, I was thinking like three or four. <laughs> I think by five you should start probably learning that's just my opinion that you should start learning that hey, 
in the, the world, a loser. in the real world, you're gonna lose. And if you're playing against Mark, you're gonna lose. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> win some and lose some. I mean, uh, so I think there's a lot of good values we can learn from playing sports or our kids playing sports. There's a lot of good values that I learned from playing sports. Um, again, how to work together as a team, mm-hmm. um, how to really look out for each other, um, how to uh, stand by each other even through hard times, maybe losses and stuff like that. How to encourage each other. So there's definitely good values that that playing sports in the right setting mm. with the right coaches can have. Okay, so 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 you said in the right setting. So when you say in the right setting, like what do you mean? So in the right setting, I mean um, it's a fair matchup. One, I, I, I we've talked about your uh, playing basketball back in your high school days, and you said your school always played the people that you would beat, right? Well, well the public schools that we could have a fighting not, chance. We, we'd still right, lose right. quite a bit, but so, those who we could compete. You know, the, the right setting, uh, you know, obviously you're going to win some and you're going to lose some, mm-hmm. but you don't want to blow a team out to the point where it's just an embarrassment. To It's kind of like what Notre Dame well, did to uh, Bowling Green. I've won a couple of basketball games, 113 to 30. Yeah, see, that's just not a fair <laughs> matchup. I like we put I, our JV in and we still dominated. I like any. I like school ball. I like fair. You know, let's make it a fair game, right? Um, in whatever sport, but mm-hmm. you know, um, I think the setting also has to be. Uh, parents have to be under control. You know, parents that are. I I watched a video on YouTube today of these parents ripping an umpire at a, ba- a kid's oh, baseball game, geez. a new one, and yep. and. Coaches ripping them a new one, and the coaches fighting amongst each other, and it's just like, you there guys are, are idiots. There this was is an not entire a good Law setting. and Order episode my grandpa was watching when he was in town. Speaking of Law and Order, like we talked about last episode, right. where the murder was around the fact that a coach benched this guy's son when the scouts were there, so the mm. parent killed the coach. Wow, that's and they're only based off two stories, sadly, with Law yeah, and Order. Right, but, but anywho, keep going. Yeah, so I mean, I think that uh, if you can't have people that can keep themselves under control. And let the kids play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be a destructive setting. And that's it. I mean, you talked about it. It's it's supposed to be a game. Right. Um, it's not a, life or death. No, I have a lot more statistics out there of, and we can get into those in a little bit of parents who the the question of well, why do you put so much money into your kid's sport? Right. Um, this is coming from a kid who, after playing high school ball, um, I vowed to never play under a coach again. Because my coach didn't make it fun. In fact, basketball is miserable for me. Mm. I still play it. It's still my favorite sport. People think soccer is my favorite sport, but basketball really is one of my favorite sports. It's my first love. <laughs> it was my first love. Not a girl. Basketball <laughs> is my first love. Uh, it, and it's still to this day. I love just just playing ball. Yep. And um, but I even in college, I could have played for the team. I was good enough. I knew right. I had the skills. I went to. I mean, I even went to scouting camps for Indiana Wesleyan. Um, but. I didn't want to play anymore. Yeah, I got burned out. I got burned out. And in fact, um, there's actually, I don't remember how many, what the statistic was, but most kids drop out of their sport after the age of 15 because we're burning kids out on a sport. Yeah. And, and a lot of it, um, we talked about those extremist parents. Yep. A lot of it is them trying to relive their glory relive days. The glory days. Yeah. Or the big argument I've heard is, you know, they want, they want to get the kid the college scholarship. 
Yeah, you know, you could do that studying and getting good grades. I mean, that's what I'd want to push my kids to. <laughs> right. It's, it's it's the question of, of why. Unless you think your kid's an idiot. <laughs> I mean, if you're an idiot, hey, we're going to play baseball. You're an idiot, so I'm going to push you to play this game. <laughs> Sounds like we're talking about Alabama football right now, but oh. No, we would have been talking like this. <laughs> <laughs> we all know they cheat. So, sorry, Alabama. But but either listening. way, I mean, so, so one of the arguments I've heard, because I talk with parents about this all the time, is they want their kid to be good at something. They change for college scholarship. Yeah. There's all these different pluses and minuses in the sport world. And, and I want to talk a little bit about how a Christian should handle sports, specifically that are played on church weekends mm-hmm. and what that actually means. Um, but the biggest argument I've heard is I want to get my kid a college scholarship. I want right. them to play college ball, free tuition. But did you know that only 2% of high school athletes play Division One? I? I did not 2%. Know. That's crazy. And then, and then 2% of Division One athletes go professional. <laughs> and we're not talking just NBA. We're talking around the, around the world. That's that's insane. So two, uh, two I mean, out I, of every hundred kids will play yeah. Division One. Two out of every Division One will play professional. Now, my college soccer was not NCAA Division One or two or three or NAIA Division One, Division Two. It was National Christian Collegiate Athletic Association, just way down there at the bottom, Division Two. Like we were little, we were little people. I mean, we we we'd play D three schools all the time because we live in the middle of nowhere. Right. But you know, it it was one of those things where, honestly, sport taught a lot of things. It taught a lot of dedication and passion mm-hmm. and commitment and teamwork and all these different things. Discipline. And I loved it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love the discipline aspect. But for me, the question came down to of once the sport became unenjoyable for me, I was out. Right. So um, I wasn't having a college scholarship, and and imagine, it wasn't enjoyable. Imagine if you had a parent. Even though you were done, and that's out it. And, and, and honestly, my mom pulled me back. Like I said, "Hey, I want to play in a travel basketball." She goes, hey, "No." Yeah. I'm like, well, why not? And she goes, "Because I said so. Because <laughs> our family can't do that." Right. So, well, it's expensive. So, one. <laughs> right. Well, most families will put twenty or thirty thousand dollars towards travel leagues what? per year for their kid. There's a what? Yeah. So there is a friend of mine who. I wonder why there's so much debt in this country. <laughs> who her daughter is a figure skater, actually, like getting pretty national. I won't say nationally recognized, but she's getting yeah. she's getting looked at quite a bit. She has friends that are in. It's part of the the. It's 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 a skating community, right. ice skating and hockey, where these rich kids will live in Florida and they'll fly up every single week to the UP. Wow. To practice or Minnesota to practice and wow. play, and then there's baseball players that will travel super super far to play like i the the league i wanted to play in was in michigan city and i'd have to travel an hour one way to get to the practice most of the tournaments one tournament was in oklahoma one was in new jersey one was in california and you got to pay three thousand dollars per tournament so all these different things is the fact of parents are forking money over into the sports world to hope for that their kid does what get a college scholarship do all these different things um and this is this is something I don't know if people can tell. I'm very passionate about. I'm holding back a little bit, where it's the fact of sports are supposed to be good. Sports are supposed to be enjoyable mm-hmm. and fun. And in fact, the Catholic Church actually even recently came out. With that. We're not talking about their theology here. We're just talking about the fact that the Catholic Church recently came out because they came out with this article from um, not uh, Saint Francis of Assisi, but uh, I always forget his name. Um, I'll have to look up what's, what saint it was. But it's the fact of fun is actually a gift from God. 
enjoyment mm-hmm. is actually a gift from yeah. God. It's and one of God's attributes. It's one of God's attributes. Right. And, and, and being a kid, you're supposed to have fun, and you're supposed to enjoy it. Yeah. And, like, I know, like, honestly, Elliot, I don't know if he'll play organized sports. I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I mean, his butt's going to be playing soccer with the second he can. But if he ever looks <laughs> at me and goes, Daddy, I don't like this, I'll be like, okay, yeah. that's fine. Let's find something that's else. How, that's how Janelle and I feel about about Piper and, and Noel and Shiloh. It's really, I want to see what their interest is. I don't want to put them in something that they're not interested in. And then right, exactly. I want them to give it a fair shake. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to go, you know, half a year and be like, I don't like this because I had a couple bad games or, you know, whatever. It's like, no, you need to give it at least the rest of the year, and then and then we can talk about it. Give it a fair shake. Right, yeah, yeah give it a fair shake. But it's, it's what does the kid want to do? Right. And, I mean, obviously, I don't think athletics is bad because right. my Christian school had it. My Christian college mm-hmm. had it. I mean, it's, it's what it is. In fact, actually, here's the fun fact. My college coach played at Northland, the same school right. I went to, and he actually played professional soccer. Mm. Fun fact. So I, I had a shot. Not really. Well, what? Not really. But it's more the fact of we turned this fun activity that's supposed to be helping motor skills and teamwork and all mm-hmm. these different things, and we've turned we, – we've gotten rid of the fun. We've totally gotten rid of the fun. Right. Um, I hear these kids – like I got some of my teenagers who would go to school at 5 – or they wake up, they're at school by 6.30, 7 o'clock for whatever practice – they go to school all day. They have practice that night. They're not getting home till eight, nine o'clock. And then they got three hours of homework. Right. And I mean, now I don't think teenagers should be a time of just party and frivolity. I mean, we got to teach them to step up. But we complain when we work more than forty hours a week, and we ask these kids to work twelve hours a day because that's what we're our our society and culture has put that expectation right. on them. Um, but I guess the question then, though, it becomes is I mean, there I, I should say this. I mean, I know I'm ripping sports right really bad right now but there's a lot of positives to sports oh yeah there's a lot of positives Definitely. to travel leagues there's a lot of positive to 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 various different things but my my thought process then goes to the next question of okay so when does sports become a problem though if sports is actually a good thing i mean it's i sure hope it's not a bad thing because that's what my most of my degree was focused on <laughs> <laughs> so i wasted a lot of money um well <laughs> but i guess the, here's the question then is when do sports become a problem so my answer to that would be the answer to anything in life when it becomes a problem. When it takes your focus away from God and you put something ahead of God, it's a problem. Which we call that idol worship. Exactly. I Which mean, was from the Ten Commandments back in Exodus. Exactly. And, yep. So, um, yeah, it was the number one commandment. <laughs> you should love the Lord your God with all your heart. Or, you know, that was number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah love the right. Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, right. strength, and then... And, um, and then it was, uh, was it? don't make any graven name. Was any that two? graven image is nope. number two. Okay, I couldn't remember if that was two or if. Come on, Christian boy, let's go. <laughs> you know, let's go, Christian boy. Uh, yeah, I need to. I'm sorry. That's okay. I failed my listeners here. I'm the two greatest commandment type dude, but you know, that's that's me you too. Know. That's why it's like, oh yeah, what are the ten commandments? Because I only, I don't know. I like the two. I love others, but I like but, the two. But They're way, easy to remember. So so if you, if you put sports ahead of so, God in some way, yeah, just like anything in life, if I put. Uh, Music. If I put podcasting, if I put my job, if I put my family um, ahead of God, it's an issue. Same with sports. If I'm putting sports, if I'm sitting on uh, on a Sunday sermon, and Pastor Scott decides he wants to run long, or Pastor Soche on their sermon, and I'm like, dude, the Bears are playing here like one o'clock. It's twelve forty-five. Go. I got a twenty-minute drive home. I'm gonna sneak out the back. Then there's probably a problem with me. In my heart, um, nothing should be more important than the the first two commandments: loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. So, I would say that that would be my answer. 
<laughs> and, and on the flip side, it becomes an idol then to parents who want their kids to get involved with these sports. Right. Because, I mean, I've, oh, dude, I was reading these articles uh, last night about how parents will actually get second jobs. They'll mm. pull out, um, uh, they'll refinance, or pull out uh, second mortgages. I would just right. pull out yeah, second yeah. mortgages. They'll work overtime shifts and all these various different things where I'm like, so basically, you're cutting out. You're killing yourself you're killing so you cannot yourself, see your kids. So you cannot see your kids, not see your right. wife, so your kid can play travel baseball for three right. months and play in these massive expensive tournaments. And now all of a sudden, it becomes a that becomes more important than anything else is your yeah. kid's sports, hopefully, career and right. destiny. And and again, it's all about where your your heart is. Um, you can even make attending church meetings an idol if your heart's not right. Mm, okay, so what does that mean? Uh, if you're going to, um, so I'm just going to throw out some random stuff that we do at the church. Nobody, I mean, I'll just throw it out there. But uh, say if we had VBS going on, and I, so I'm doing VBS, and I'm doing worship, and I'm doing Sunday school, and I'm doing uh, a sermon series, and I'm doing a Bible study, and I'm doing a small group, and I'm only doing these things so people look at me and see all the things I'm involved with mm. at the church. That has become that image of myself being the church attender of, of all the events has become an idol to me. Um, whereas if my heart, and the likewise, if I'm doing all these things, and my heart is because I want to serve, and my heart is because I want to get to know God and know his people better, then it's not a problem. So there's a very fine line, and that's why we have to check our heart. And I can't know, Mark, what your heart is. You can't know what my heart is because it's deceitfully wicked, and who can know it? Right. The only person who can know my heart is God and me. And even me, I don't get it right most of the time because God has to reveal stuff to me. Right. So um, that's why. Well, that's always... Psalm 46 where uh, David prayed, search my heart and see right. if there's any wicked way to me. Ooh. me, and me. That I, is call the... that, I call that the most dangerous prayer. I always get chills when, that, when somebody says that because it's like, that is, if you truly mean that, get ready for your world to be rocked. <laughs> uh, yep. I, I, uh, we had a prayer series, and that was the last week was, what's the most dangerous prayer you could pray? Yeah. And so some of my teens were like, no, it's not. Yeah, it's dangerous because you. if you truly pray it, God will show you. Right, exactly. And so maybe that's the prayer we need to have in this this conversation. Yeah. Because because what I'm hearing you say is sports is not a bad thing. It does a lot of great positives. Mm-hmm. However, when we put sports ahead of, of, of God in terms of what is most important in our life, uh, an, another thought in the same wavelength that I kind of thought through when you're talking was even the fact of when – spiritual practice are pushed aside like oh yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll be at Awana we'll be at youth group until football season starts yeah or you know what you know what my kids playing this like we're just not going to be there Sunday nights but but it's, again it's okay we're there at church at least twice a month it kind of shows me like me from the outside looking in mm-hmm. it almost shows me not only their heart towards sports but also their the heart over why are they really at Awana why are they really at is it a supplement or is it the main thing? Now, I right. will say this. I mean, just because you go to youth group every single week, teenager or Awana kid or church, or Sunday, church Sunday, doesn't necessarily mean you're a strong believer. You right. could just be going because you're checking the box off, like right. we talked about yep. American church. And and the, the term I hate the most, and I'm sorry if people disagree with me, is fake it till you make it. Because God don't want no fake people. What do you mean? I want, I want to dive into this. So, so God talks about... Uh, I hear this Christian say it all the time. Well, I'm in a I'm in a spiritual rut, so I just gotta fake it till I make it, or pull up my my bootstraps and march on. You know, those are the two main phrases I always hear out of people, and I would say, no, because if you're being fake, then 
how can your brother love you in the way you need to be loved? How can your sister love you in the way you need to be loved? And are you being real with yourself and being honest with God? Because I've even, um, I'll give you a, an example. And um, I don't, I hope my dad doesn't get offended by me saying this. But uh, my dad, hey, Fuller's dad, my dad said uh, one day he was uh, praying and he uh, broke down in tears and was honest with himself. This is, he's been Christian for all these years. We've talked about past and stuff. And like I said, on that podcast, he's grown. He's a different man. So he's praying and he goes, he came to the realization God revealed to him that I do not love you like I should. He was being fake. He was faking it until he make it. He was checking off the box saying, oh, I'm doing this. I'm going to this church meeting. I'm doing that. But his heart wasn't in it. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what I mean. I, I that, does, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. I mean, you, you probably should still go to church because. No, definitely. D.L. Moody had that old quote. No, what I'm online. saying is don't go into church. If you're, if you're happy, be happy. If you're sad and struggling, be sad and struggling. That's what the body is for is to help each other. And so um, I hate we're not in this alone. So for me to say, uh, you know, Pastor Soche, pull up your bootstraps and, and march on. You, you know, buck up, boy, you know. That's not how you deal with that. That's not how God commands us to deal with that mm-hmm. in, in his word. Um, likewise, uh, I don't think we should fake anything because if we're faking, we're not being real with each other. Right. If we're not being real, then how, how do we uh, laugh with each other, cry with each other, mourn with each other like the scripture says and calls us to do? Yeah, so that's, I like that. That was a rabbit trail. That's a big rabbit trail. But that's bonus. That's a bonus that's, rabbit trail. That's bonus into the podcast. So, so here's kind of my thought is when, when you look at youth sports and and whatnot now i will say this like me i was the kid who i pursued it mm-hmm. like i'm the one who found pop warner i'm the one who found my soccer programs right. i'm like that was me but if you look at my sister brothers like they didn't pursue it like i did but mom also didn't push it hard on us mm-hmm. we she put us in sports young but actually i found out mom put me in sports originally because i had so much energy she got right. tired of disciplining me so she sent me there to get tired that's really why yeah, i started yeah. playing sports and i think it's valid um, I really do think it's valid, and I happened to enjoy it. But a lot of times when parents are doing all these various different things, setting all these parameters of we are going to put sports ahead of, of like, if, if, if there's a game on Sunday, we're not going to go to right. church. We're going to go to your game. We're going to go to your practice. We're going to sneak out early for this. We're going to sneak out early for that. Um, and this is coming from the guy who missed church this past Sunday because I was at a football game the night before. What? So Sports. I was road tripping with, with my buddy. I came back at 3 o'clock and showered and walked into youth group about an hour later. So whew, that, was, that was fun. Um, but we do all these various different things. And my question is, is what kind of example are we setting for our kids? Yeah. Where are, and because there's a, there's a, I couldn't find the actual quote because I was at a conference and uh, Kara Powell out of the Fuller Youth Institute just dropped this Beautiful quote. Wait, 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 wait. The Fuller Institute? Yeah, there's a no Fuller, there's the Fuller it's it's at a Fuller Seminary. You're welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> but the Fuller Youth Institute, uh, with Kara Powell, they they looked at all of these various factors of why kids walk away from their faith. And the number one factor was not did they have a solid youth group? Right. Did they have a solid youth pastor? What's up? Did they, you know, did they go to Bible study? Were they at church on Sunday? Did they serve? The various things that, honestly, these are, those are the milestones I'm trying to hit for my teens. Yeah. They said that that's not actually, I mean, it's a factor. Mm-hmm. It's a factor. And, it, and were you taught apologetics? Were you not? How were you taught? Yeah. But the number one factor in, will a kid continue with their faith after high school, is what did their parents model for them? 
So if these parents, if they if they just go to church and they tell their kids, hey, a, a good Christian goes to church on Sundays, go to you know when they when they can to other things, but that's about it. Right. Rather than we are intentionally going to put our spiritual journey as a family first and foremost, everything else will follow. You're actually setting a standard mm-hmm. and a representation for your child to actually that's an acceptable practice because you know they'll say, oh well, my parents had me involved in sports all the time. We didn't go to church that often, so right. it's all good. That's what my parents did. Right, and, it, and it's kind of fascinating how how they do that. Mm. Um, and so the, the the number one determining factor in a child or teen's life if they walk away from faith is how their parents viewed their own faith, and that's why at church. We want the kids in the worship service. That's right. why we want fathers to actually sing and worship. And we do this church family night, which we're doing tomorrow. Right. And we're incorporating the entire family because we want to show parents, hey, this is how you do it for your kids. And you read in Deuteronomy, when you're standing, when you're sitting, write it on your doorpost, put it wherever the heck you can, but talk about the goodness of God no mm-hmm. matter where you go. Because the, 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 the faith of the child starts at the faith of the parent. And if we put sports ahead of our faith, do you really think our kids are going to have a different prerogative than the one that we set? Right. I, I, I really, really don't think and, so. You know, we, we've been really beating up on sports. We have. Um, we're not trying to beat up on sports. Sports are not a bad thing. It's the priority we put the sports in. Right. And, and there, but there are a lot of positives for even travel sports, too. Right. Like, um, I'll, I'll link well, this article in the show notes. Heck, even exposure. You get exposure to other people, other players, other, other cultures, depending on how far you're traveling. That's just it. Like, I, I, um, I wrote down a couple things, uh, actually, from a book that I had to study back in, uh, back in college. Um, if you want books on sports and ministry and culture, I have lots of them. Uh, the, Three of the top reasons that they had of why positive things for travel league, sports, whatever, is one is sports is just fun. It causes a lot of joy in kids. Um, another one, sports is a universal language and allows walls to break down with people. Um, they actually, uh, this is kind of fast. There, there's an old, uh, well, there's there's a lot of various different stories that, that I could go off of. Um, but one was based off a true event, Madam Secretary. I don't know if you remember this episode. There was a actual civil war happening. I don't remember I don't remember if it was in Sudan or somewhere in the Middle East. There was a civil war happening and how they broke the ice was they played a soccer game together yeah. and half of the team took off their jersey and switched with the other team. Yeah, so I these two warring civil war countries played soccer together and it became a beautiful sight. So soccer is actually a oh not so, well soccer is across, across the world but sports is a universal language right. that breaks down barriers yep. and creates friendships and that can help you have conversations. But the other than the last one is yeah I mean, you get out of get out of your pew seats and get into the streets and right. start rubbing shoulders with people, having conversations. There, there's a story of uh, he's a associate pastor. His wife, um, are, like he played professional sports. He's a chaplain. His his dad played professional. His kids play professional, and they traveled a lot. And because of what they did, they actually were able to quote unquote start a travel league church. Oh, that's cool. It was, and so they actually like were actually rubbing shoulder people. People were following Jesus. They like, were like church carnies. Exactly. So they're like, hey, if we're here, let's just worship together. Like, let's right. do some music. Let's have a little devotional challenge. Like, that's let's awesome. let's do this together. And people were asking, like, why are you doing this? Right. And 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 how we put our faith on display when the bad problems come, when referees make a blown call. I'm a soccer ref. I make blow calls. And so how do we how do we relate to ourselves? properly as a Christian, mm-hmm. which is what the other team's coach did not do. Uh, how do we as Christians put our testimonies on display when right. when these stresses of life come out? And I think that it's a beautiful positive. And, and honestly, if Elliot wants to be involved in travel baseball, I'm not going to say no right away. 
if he wants to be involved in if if I can afford it and, and I can get a, him to practice. And it's not on a a, a church event especially day, when, that you especially when Daddy's a pastor. That changes the game. Yeah, I mean, there's right. no possible way. But even with that, when I had football games in Michigan City. If I had to miss the Sunday service, mom made me walk into Sunday school with my football pads on. And she said, we will not be here for church, but you will be at Sunday school and we'll be back so in time for church. back tonight. when I was playing football, my parents wouldn't even let me play the game. I wouldn't even right. be allowed at the game. And I, I, I would go up and have to tell my coach, like, I won't, coach, I won't be there. And they're like, why? Because I have church. Right. And so that and I miss baseball games because of that. Yep, me I'm, too. Our coach actually said, hey, we have, a, we have a match rescheduled for this and – my mom was like, nope, keep the Sabbath and keep it. it holy. Right. And and so in and more than just that, it, it puts the priorities in check. Right. Um be, before we end though, I know I've I've hogged the mic a lot on this conversation. That's all right, I like it. I, um, you don't normally do it, so No, I'm excited, dude. This is stuff I'm very passionate about. So um this uh actually the wife of the, the person I just mentioned, mm-hmm. Mary, her name is Mary Causian. She said, um, she asked the question of how do we handle Sundays in sports? And this article is featured on you guess it desiringgod.org. John Piper. And she said, here's five things that they did. And remember, her father-in-law is professional. Her dad actually is currently the chaplain of, like, Canadian national teams Mm -hmm. and football teams and whatever. Mm -hmm. And her son played national hockey. Her other kids played at, like, high-end collegiate levels. I don't think professional, maybe amateur. Um, And she said, here's five ways of how they handled Sundays. Um, She said, number one is considered rec leagues with fewer demands which honestly keeps the integrity of the game and it's supposed to just be a joyful experience. Right. Number two, she said, weigh the specific costs of each team. And she said, yes, the physical costs, because that will actually change how your whole family dynamic mm-hmm. works. Because she says, you know, if it costs a lot of money, you're saying no to vacations with your family to travel with your kids. Right. But she also said the spiritual cost of, of, of joining. How many Sundays are you going to have to miss? Are you going to have to miss Wednesdays? Are right. we going to have to do this? Like, how is this going to work? Connect groups, stuff like that. Yep. yep. She said, actually, embrace the consequences of missing games or practice. She didn't say this, but I kind of want to allude to it as a fact of it's the most persecution that a Christian can get for standing up for their faith is, sorry, you missed the game once in a while. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Yep. <laughs> I'm all right. Number four, she said, find creative ways to prioritize church attendance. She said, you know what? Some churches have Saturday night services. Some have Sunday night services. Right. She said, or honestly, when you're out of town, go visit other churches, and mm-hmm. and but still show your kid. Yes, we're going to travel, but church is still very important. Yeah, it's still to us. good exposure. Now, I mean that th- th- these are all rooms for conversations. But the last one is what I think you and I hinted on. This is why my mind went there. Is she said, draw your kids into the conversation and let them see the struggle and tension. Right. So, your dad brought you in and said, we're not going to do this because of this. Right. My mom said, we will do this. However, here's the struggle and the tension that we have. So right. here's the best scenario. Yep. Um, and honestly. I appreciate mom for that. I saw her struggle. And and, and I will say this, um, again, I mean, shout out to the single moms out there. But my mom was a single mom, and I played travel football. Um, but I had a lot of coaches who stepped up and became those, right. I, I don't want to say dad figures, but authority figures that I right. followed. And they, were, they weren't Christians, but they were good dudes. Um, but my mom was a single mom. I played travel football um, in all the various sports for the for the, the Christian school. My sister played, younger brother played, younger brother played. So mom always had us involved in sports. Right. But because, but at the same time, mom, for lack of a better word, we knew where mom's priorities rested, and she made sure we knew. And we Shout had those conversations. Shout out to Wendy. What's you up, ro- mama? You rock. I hope you're listening to the podcast, too. She doesn't. Oh, come on. <laughs> she doesn't even know take, what podcasts are, I take are, back dude. my shout-out, then. <laughs> That's okay. My, her, her older I'll tell sister. Her, I'll tell her Sunday. My Aunt Bet. She she listens, so hopefully Aunt Bet's listening. But but either way, so 
this conversation, though, is, is a tough conversation. I mm-hmm. think what I'm trying to boil down to, and th- this is more Mark's opinion on this, because I know Foley's got a lot of opinions, but I got strong ones on this one, is the fact of how you, how you live out your faith as a parent is a direct reflection of how your kid's going to live it out. Now, is it a bad thing to miss church once in a while for sports? Honestly, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's okay. However, talk to your kids about why it's not okay and what you're going to, and I don't say what you're going to do instead, but more the fact of, you know, and honestly, if you're a good, solid parent anyways, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, call the, the what is it? I'm going to call the, the, the kettle black and say, if you're a parent who simply goes to church and lets the professionals teach their kids their faith, doing something wrong. you're doing something wrong anyways. <laughs> yep. You got to step up because it's not the church's job to teach. Ryan Coten, he always says it with cross-form kids is you are not going to expect, if you expect the church to raise your kids, the church has your kids two hours a week. Yeah, I think we That's ta- the parents I job. think we talked about this in episode one. Somewhere in there, yeah. yeah that that um, the church is a secondary resource to uh, raise children up to to love the Lord. They they're supposed to be the support group uh, to your family, but yep. it it ultimately lies with the mother and father or single mother or single father, depending on the situation, it relies with them to raise up their children in, in the ways of the father. So, And if you want to know more about how you can do that, I'm going to give a shout-out to, to to the lead pastor, Scott Smith. That's Scott. Back in June, fit still one of my favorite series. Actually, this is one of my favorite sermon graphics, and I'm glad he made it three weeks. On week three, he actually, the sermon is called Leaving a Godly Legacy. And right. it talks about Timothy's mom and Timothy's grandma and how their faith is actually what help Timothy come come along his face. Right. So I'll link that that sermon in the show notes because it is honestly a phenomenal Yeah. It's phenomenal, a it was a good one. It was it was it was a good word. It was a good oh, word. Oh yeah. Classic church talk. Preach it. I got my so, handkerchief out. So um this was the uh um welcome to Real Talk Christian podcast with Mark and Chris Fuller just listened to me ramble on and on. But any closing thoughts, dude? I don't want to hide the mic. Dude, I I think we've said um everything we we can um again each family has to decide for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always say you have to live by your own convictions. Right. Um, my convictions uh, might look a little different than Mark's convictions, and and that's okay as long as the salvation message, the the Trinity, th- those basic fundamental values are not tampered with. Um, but I would challenge everyone to um, to ask God to open their heart, open their mind, and reveal the sin that needs to be drawn out of their heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that Christians should do um, really daily, if possible, <laughs> if, right. if you can handle it. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> but, but it's a serious but you thing. you should. Right. Yeah, it sh- should always reflect on on where we are. Uh, I had heard a pastor once, and I don't know, I haven't really decided if I agree or, or disagree with it, Uh-oh. but uh, he says... Was his name John Piper? No, his name was. Well, then we don't talk about any other pastors. Yeah, that's no. true. Uh, no, <laughs> this, 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 was, this was a local pastor. Uh, I'm I'm not going to name his name, uh, just just because it's not I, Scott I, Smith. I haven't asked him if I <laughs> it's could. Not Scott and Smith, it's, it's not Scott Mark Smith. Hyde, so. It's not Brandon Soche. Right, right. It's no maybe Soche. It's no pastors at Southside. Let's just put and it that. He, way. So there's Anyways, a pastor. He's so preaching. so he was preaching, and he goes, uh, "Our Christian walk is like walking backwards up an escalator." So, you know, how, like, walking the escalator going down, you're walking up it. Right, okay. And so okay. if you're continuing not to examine yourself and move forward, there is no standing still. You, If you stop, you go back. Uh, because if you stop pursuing God, 
and stop pursuing his holiness and learning to be holy as he is holy. Uh, like First Peter there's, says. There's been a theme lately. Yeah. There's been a theme lately. I told you, man, it's been hitting me hard. But if we don't pursue these things, um, more than likely we're going to tend to start slipping into sin if we're not, our eyes aren't, don't stay focused mm. on Christ. And usually when that happens, we take a step near the line. And then that line moves out a little further. And then we take another step. And, you know, and before we know it, we're down a path that it's going to be hard to return from. Yeah. Um, so... I, again, I don't know if I agree or disagree with that illustration yet, but I thought it was worth mentioning. It's, I'll let yeah, you decide. It's worth, men- it, it's, it's worth definitely worth mentioning. So but, that's my final thought. I like it. Well, hey, we, we had your final thought. Yeah. Now it's, what's your final thought? Now your final th- that that makes it sound like you're dying. No. What's the fa- <laughs> what's the fun fact for tonight, bro? Because we fun always gotta end facts. it. Fun facts. All right. With Fuller. So. Oh, that was good. You like that? That was like a Jagger worthy one. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I will make sure I do pitch correction <laughs> in the microphone. So. All right. Auto tune, baby. Um. So this one is obviously I try to stick with the theme of the podcast. So this one's about sports. So. Uh, Let's just talk about the Bears and the Steel or the I'm sorry. Bears the, and the Packers? No, the Steelers and the Eagles. Oh, oh that's old time rivalry, man. So like Dallas Cowboys and the Redskins. Yeah. So Steelers and Eagles, you all right? You, you know it's an, a big time rival, right? Of course. So uh because they both lost so many players to World War II military service, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles combined their teams to become the Steagles, the Steagles during the nineteen forty three season. That's really cool. That is cool, isn't it? That's really cool. So they didn't have enough players to each have a team, so they combined their team and renamed it the Steagles. And that's what sports does, man. It brings right. people together. Right. It brings communities together. It brings people together. Heck, it can bring marriages together. I don't know. I love sports, but check your heart. Right. Check your heart. Anything else, Fuller? You good? Let's play ball. I'm good. <laughs> See you guys next See time. Thank you for listening to Real Talk Christian. To help get our podcast into the ears of other people who need to hear these conversations, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. To keep the conversations going, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and share our content with others. See you next time.